Hey everybody, my name is Jeremiah Craig, and welcome to another episode of the Boots and Ballads podcast. Today we are talking cowboy boots, and I recently got the chance to talk with Will Roman, owner of Chisos Boots, and our conversation turned into a great one. He has an incredible background in tech companies, and he brought that experience into the cowboy boot industry, and he has some really cool innovations that he shares with cowboy boots but before we start that conversation i want to remind you that if you want to call me and leave a message on my google voice number i can include those messages in future videos and podcasts you can just call me and leave a message at the number 253-254-5898 that's 253-254-5898 and I would really appreciate any messages that you want to send me and I can include those on future content. Now, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Will Roman of Chisos Boots. Thanks for listening today. Hey everybody, I am with Will Roman of Chisos Boots. Thank you so much for joining me today, Will. I am so looking forward to talking to you about your boots. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks. I'm wondering if you could kick us off with a Chisos Boots origin story, because you guys are like brand new still, right? This is right. Yeah, yeah. We launched November 1st of 2019, so it's just been a few months, but it's been a, it's been a fun ride so far. The origin is, uh, it, it's really a story of my own need and my own desires. So um, I had a few back injuries in my 20s, actually. I had a weightlifting accident, then I had a motorcycle accident. And so, you know, this made wearing boots painful. Um, you know, if I wore them out for a night dancing, I would feel it for a couple of days afterwards. Now, of course, being a Texan, I wasn't going to stop wearing boots. So I would, you know, buy a half size up or a whole size up and I put inserts in them and all sorts of stuff. Um, but then it looked like I was wearing clown shoes and it, you know, it just, it just wasn't a thing. So, um, you know, at the same time, I, I go out to West Texas. This is where I go to recharge and it's where I go to get away. And so, um, it's crazy to say this, but January of 2019, I was out in West Texas, um, Marfa area, Terlingua area, Big Bend National Park, where of course the Chisos Mountains are. And when I'm out there, I wear cowboy boots exclusively. You know, when I'm here in Austin, I wear them 85% of the time, but it's 100 when I'm out there. And my back was killing me at the end of every day. And I'm sitting there one night and I'm looking, I'm looking down at, at my feet and I'm, I'm thinking, man, how, how hard could it be to make a comfortable pair of cowboy boots? Well, it turns out pretty damn hard, <laughs> but that was, that, that's where it all started. And so, um, you know, I, I, I dove into how to make them and I bought every, I went to the bookstore. I got just clear their whole rack of cowboy boots. I bought books online. And so I was just reading everything I could. And at the same time, I was asking around, hey guys, you know, people that I knew in my network saying, you know, any of y'all know cobblers that I met with some of the ones here in Austin. And, you know, a friend of a friend had someone they knew down in Guanajuato, Mexico, which is, you know, the Leon in Guanajuato is the leather capital of the world, or at least North America. And I got in touch with him and he said, you know what, come on down here. So 
I spent collectively three months of 2019 in Mexico in the workshop. And it's one of those small spots. There's about 20, 25 people total. Um, not one of those big 700 person factories like they got down there. And he taught me the art of boot making. And along the way, I kept pushing back saying, what about this? What about that? You know, talk to me about uh, why can't, why don't people do it this way? And, you know, during that process, I also started to physically cut open boots. Uh, you're, you, this is my, you know, workshop here at home where I, uh, I slice boots in half. <laughs> I figure out, okay, what's in these things? And so I, I set off, you know, wanting to make a comfortable boot. But what I realized is a lot of the, the big players have been cheapening their boots. They've been introducing plastic heel counters. Are they putting, you know, synthetic shanks? Are they cutting out on the cushioning? Are they lowering the quality of the leather? There's a number of different things that they, that they do. And so I said, well, why don't we go back and do it old school? You know, the way it used to be done, which is designed to be absolutely durable. And then let's marry, you know, the past 50 years of technology that, you know, thank you, Phil Knight and Nike. And, you know, let's take that idea that a, that a shoe could be comfortable and let's put the two together. And, and the result is, is Chiso's boots. I think that's my favorite aspect about your business is that you've combined the traditional and the modern in such a great way, sort of taking the best of both worlds. It's really interesting, but let me get this straight. So you had the idea for Chisos in January, 2019, and then you launched in November of 2019? Like yeah, that turnaround is ridiculous. I'm kind of a maniac. Um, so. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, um, there was not a lot else that happened in my life that got attention during that time. And you know, I had to caveat just a little bit, which is that it's, it's really kind of a culmination of things. So, you know, one, like 10-year-old me is doing backflips that he gets to make cowboy boots all day, right? I mean, this is like, what do you want to do when you're 10? You're like, I want to drive a fire truck or I want to be a cowboy, you know? Like, this is, this is pretty awesome. So, like, I feel like that seed has always been there. And then, you know, I've done, I've worked in technology and I've done startups. I've had my own small business. I did screen printing and, and all of these things, I feel like have all kind of come together in Chisos where it's like, you know, uh, you were, before we started recording, you were, you were kind of talking about, you know, I'm a little obsessive about things, which is totally true. And so like, there's this design aspect. There's this like, Hey, you know, I used to sell uh, software to big uh, factories. How do you, how do you, you know, become more efficient? So like the manufacturing process I've learned about along the way. And so when I went down this rabbit hole, it just all, it just all felt right. It just finally, for the first time in my life, you know, I'm doing something every day that I'm working hard at and I'm excited to do. Yeah, that is, that is awesome. Good for you. Like that is everybody's very dream. lucky. Yeah. It's very lucky. So great. That is so great. Um, speaking of your, obsession and attention to detail that's what i want to talk about next is where does your attention to detail even come from because even just looking at these boots i'm just noticing that you didn't cut any corners at all like well, i appreciate that it's like almost a perfect boot <laughs> it's almost because there's always ways we can improve i'm gonna find them, I'm gonna find them. <laughs> right 
Um, you know, it, it's a, it's an interesting question. And, you know, there's kind of this like nature versus nurture question that you're really asking, right? You know, um, my dad is a first generation immigrant from Hungary and had to come to originally Canada and then this country and built his way up. And so I feel like that's where probably a lot of my drive comes from. My mom on the other side is an artist and was a sign painter and has that you know, design aesthetic um, and, and then, you know, there's just gotta be something with growing up in, in Texas, you know, um, there's just this, this sense of pride in what you do, you know, and it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, you know, if you're bagging groceries, which I've done, you know, are you mowing lawns, which I've done, are you making boots, you know, you, you, you put, put your all into it. And so I, you know, I would have to say that there's this, there's this, this blend and I, I really can't take credit for it. I'm, I'm a, I'm a product of, of my environment and, and, uh, and my parents. That's awesome. I love it. I, I am so impressed by the attention to detail and you becoming so obsessive and turning an idea <laughs> into an actual product that is different from so much that's out there right now, but yet stays true to what a cowboy boot is. And you did it so quickly. That's really impressive. Well, it's really rewarding that people like you notice and that people out there appreciate it. You know, we're, we're getting, you know, so it, you know, the company here in, in, in Texas at the, at the moment is myself and Katie Dorian. It's a, it's a two person shop and we get emails every day or messages online from folks who have bought the boots who are like, Oh my gosh, we love it. Like we love the comfort, but there's also, like you said, there's this, there's just something else. It's a culmination of everything together that that's that's unique. And so um it's really rewarding that that you're noticing and, and that there's people out there, you know, like me who appreciate it. Yep, the word will spread fast for sure. No doubt. Let's talk about what makes your boots more unique. And let's start with the actual leather that you use. Now you're using retired dairy cow leather, correct? That's correct, yes how sir. Do you, how do you treat it so that you can actually use it because it's not traditionally used in uh, the creation of cowboy boots, right? You're correct, yes. So, you know, traditionally, if you want to get a, a high-end, very soft leather that you use for your cowboy boots, people use calfskin. And so when I went down this rabbit hole, you know, and I went in and I started talking to tanneries, I said, look, I want to go to where these are harvested. You know, wh where, where are the cows, you know, coming from? I want to see it with my own eyes, which is rare. You know, honestly, people don't usually go up the supply chain. And um, I didn't like what I saw. We'll, we'll keep it, we'll keep it that way. And so I said, okay, what's, what's the other route to go? And so then it's like, yes, it's older cows. And so, you know, the, we work with a dairy farm in Mexico and it is, you know, it's actually quite large. You know, it's, it's not these tiny pens that they keep them in. They have a, you know, a, a grazing field and they come in for milking every day, of course. And so when these cows have lived out their lives and then they're either, they're either dying of old age or they're being processed for the secondary meat market, you know, with full eyes here about it. We show up and we say, you know what, instead of generating demand for the leathers, we'll use this byproduct. And people typically don't want it because it has imperfections and it's very tough and it's hard. Well, what's the flip side to that? Imperfections are interesting. You know, um, you, I'm, you've seen the boots and I know that, you know, they're not perfectly uniform. There's some interesting character traits to all of them. 
And then the toughness is great because it's actually a stronger leather. So then we get to your original question, which is, okay, so how do you make them soft? And I'll tell you half of it. Damn. And the other half, <laughs> the other half I'm going to keep to myself. Damn um, it. <laughs> no, we've worked with our tannery. Um, and again, this was, you know, very thorough throughout 2019. Okay. How do we not use lead? That was a big requirement. And how do we, um, how do we make them soft? And so there's some particular stuff we do during the tanning process. Uh, we also, we also treat them. And this is giving away a little bit of the secret sauce, but that's okay. We have a method where we simulate them being walked in. So, you know, if you've got an old pair of cowboy boots, that leather is, it's, it's broken down. The collagen has had abuse for years. Yeah. And so that's what makes it so soft. And so we do that after the tanning process, we simulate them being worn and it breaks them down. I know you've seen the number ones. Another thing it gives you is that nice, beautiful speckle to the leather, right? So that is, a, is another interesting uh, side effect of it is I think they're more, they're more interesting to look at. Mm -hmm. um, but but that's, that's, uh, that's half of how we do it. Can you tell me a little bit about your process and the idea behind actually creating the insole that you have in the Chisos boots? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, the idea originally is quite simply is, is that I was going to, you know, Walmart and buying insoles and Dr. Scholl's gel and all that kind of stuff. And I was shoving them in my boots, trying to, trying to make it more comfortable. And, you know, there's, there's two side effects to that, which is that one, um, it doesn't fit anymore, clearly. So you, that's part of me buying bigger sizes. And then two, it doesn't feel the way I want a cowboy boot to feel. It doesn't look, you know, high quality when you look into the boot, when you pull them on, you know, it looks like you've got some cheap inserts in there that, which is what they were. And so, you know, I set out going, okay, how do we, how do we build this into the boot? And so this required restructuring the, the vamps and the lowers to, to, to accommodate that extra room. Uh, this was honestly the most time consuming part of the entire process because baking last takes time. It's very specific. You know, I send my measurements, you know, we create them and we come back and then we make a boot out of it. And then we go, okay, no, we need to do this a little bit, you know, so that back and forth process was very long. At the same time, I'm working uh, on the insoles themselves. And so this took figuring out, okay, what are you know, all the different polymers that people use. You know, you've got a certain type that is the main body. Then you do have gel, which is for that impact dissipation. So when you walk, you know, it, it doesn't go up into your body. It dissipates into the materials. Um, at first, at one point, we had memory foam on them because I'd seen that in some other boots that I cut open. The problem with memory foam, though, is that once you stand on it for a few hours, it loses its rebound and it compresses. So it's like, okay, we're not going to use that, you know, so we'll use another foam. And then the... The, the last piece was, okay, I was, it absolutely had to be topped with leather. Mm -hmm. And this is something that the guys I was working with had never seen. And so the process for figuring out how do we bond the leather to the top of those polymers so that it doesn't peel out, it doesn't crinkle, it doesn't melt when we do the process. Uh, that, was, that was quite an adventure. But the, the result, I think, is a boot that when you look into it, it looks the way you expect, you know, a high quality, fully leather lined boot to look, uh, which by the way, we have, you know, premium leather on the inside and it, it feels that cushion. Um, 
but the, the thing here though is again it's, it's like you alluded to about old and new is that you know the leather has natural antimicrobial properties it has a certain texture to it that we all like and so we're, we're still including that and then you've got that extra cushion underneath um, and one small detail i don't know if you know this but we actually still put cork in our footbed which yes. is old, right? Which is old school, which is what you used to do when you didn't have any cushion, you'd put cork. So you had a little bit and I was like, you know what, let's put it in there anyway. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we, we've, we've, we've got pretty much as much as you can get on the market. And here's the thing, like you, it's a handmade boot, you know, it's handcrafted. Uh, it's not machine made like a sneaker, you know, overseas. It is, it's handcrafted right here in, in North America. So I remember us talking that, if somebody wanted to have like the traditional fit, they could potentially take the insole out because you still have the cork. And then on top of that, you have that hard leather um, insole that's on top of the cork. And then you just basically put the insole in on top of that. But like you said, the last has to be different. That insole is really thick. So if somebody would wanna do that, what would you recommend for sizing down so that they could wear your boots without the insole if they wanted to? Yeah. Well, you know, you, if you want to, you got to tell me why. Right. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. But it's a, you go down a full size. So you're right. So you can, you can pull the insole out. We have the, other than that, the boot is fully constructed. Like you would expect. Um, you can use them without the insole. You still got the cork footbed in there. Uh, it's, but you would go down a whole size. And that's another thing is that, you know, and, and you may have noticed this, but once you wear the boots for a week, you know, that insole in the back does still like leather still does start to shape to your heel. And so it settles just a little bit. And so you, it flattens out on the back and you've got, a, you've got a real nice arch to it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's, uh, it's different. It's taking some getting used to, to be honest. Sure. But I like, how, I like how it's shaping up. I like how it's shaping up. Let's move to your name, Chisos and the Big Bend National Park. Now, how much of a percentage goes to uh, the... Texas land conservation from each sale, and why is that important to you as a part of your business? As great question. So we guarantee that one percent of top line revenue. So this is before we take all of our expenses and everything else uh, goes to Texas land conservation. Now, in 2019, so November and December, you know my NBA friends are going to shoot me if I tell them this, but we gave over 10 percent. Uh, um, you know, we supported uh, some great organizations here in Texas, Texas Parks and Wildlife, the Hill Country Conservancy, the Big Bend Conservancy, of course. Um, so, you know, as, as our revenues go up, the percentage will go down, but the total amount we donate will still continue to grow. Um, and, you know, let's say one day we're, we're massive. You know, that 1% is really a minimum. You know, we're, we're always going to give more in terms of individual events, uh, man hours that we volunteer and that type of stuff. And the reasoning behind it is, you know, I really want to build the company that I've always dreamed of, which is one that reflects my values and is a part of the community. 
you know um you know we worked with the hill country conservancy here because they do a lot of work across texas but especially here in central texas and we wanted the community at our launch party to be able to be to give to things that impact them and you know places like big bend and uh you know hamilton pool in in central texas are are, are stunning you know, you get down here, I'm going to take you. We're going to go, we're going to go do some, some awesome hikes. And I want to make sure that they exist. And p part of that is that, you know, people say, well, hey, it's a national park. It's protected. You know, it, it, it is. Uh, there is still a lot of additional funds required to maintain it. But here's the other piece is that, you know, the water outside of these protected areas that feeds into them is just as impactful on the ecosystem. And so what we work, love to work with is organizations that work with private landowners and they say, hey, we're going to build protections into your land. You get to keep it. You can still sell it, but those protections go with the property in perpetuity. And so that helps to make sure that these places continue to exist. And, and honestly, I think it's just, it's just about being a good steward of, of what we've been given. Yeah, totally. I, I think it's so important, especially in the Southwest too, because it's just so beautiful. The Southwest is some of my favorite, favorite landscapes ever. I mean, the first time I uh, saw New Mexico, I cried. I lived in Phoenix. I absolutely love the Southwest. Oh, Been through Marfa and West yeah. Texas. So it's like, it's so beautiful. And uh, I, I know that so many of your customers appreciate you doing that. You know, there's something magical about the Chisos Mountains. So it's, it is, it's an entire mountain range. You know, it's the only one fully contained in a national park, but it, it, it's in the middle of a desert. And it's high desert and then all these beautiful blue and green mountains. There's a whole different ecosystem. There's bears and mountain lions. And it's the, the, the crazy thing about it when you're there is that the sounds and the smells are different than any other mountain because it's the desert around it. And there's just something about that contrast that is, it's just magical. It's just magical. Wow. I'm sold. I want to go. Let's go. All I'm right. in. Anytime. Sounds good. What is your goal for Chisos Boots? It's a great question. Um, you know, so I thought a lot about, you know, the type of business I wanted to build. You know, we, we don't have $40 million in funding from out of state. You know, we're, we're not one of the big old legacy companies that's been around for a hundred years and, and, and has tons of support. Um, you know, we're old school, you know, we sell boots, stay in business. Um, and, but that also means that we get to dictate a little bit more of our own destiny. And, you know, so I don't want to be a hundred million dollar business. I don't. You know, I want to make enough where the business will grow to a, and stay a small business, uh, but will be, you know, a place that, you know, feeds its, it, it, it is energizing to the people that work here and is involved in the community and can still give, you know, um, if I had to draw a comparison, I, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're far from this. So this is, this is not trying to, you know, say that we're anywhere near this, but I'd like to be like a mini Patagonia, you know, they make great products and they've got this, you know, incredible commitment to being good stewards of the, of the parts of the earth they interact with. Um, and they give back now they're, a, they're a massive company and we, and we don't want to be that. Um, but you know, we, we do want to be a, a company that, um, you know, is, is more than just about 
selling products. You know, it, it's about really having relationships with, with the folks that, that want them. And, you know, I know that you can connect with this is that people who are cowboy boots are a little bit different than, than the rest of society at large, you know, and it's, it's a little bit like pulling on the uniform, you know, like, you know, that you're standing out a little bit and you know that you have a responsibility to behave a certain way. And I think that what I've seen is that people who are drawn to, to boots, you know, who either come from Texas or outside of Texas, um, there is this, there's almost like an ethos that comes with it, that these are the types of people that look out for their neighbors. And, uh, and so we want to be a company that reflects those types of values. Do you have any plans for exotic boots? We do. Um, right now, I'm going through the process of visiting those locations, which is harder because they're not all easily accessible. And some of them in particular don't want you to show up. Um, so we're, we are, you know, it's not on the near term right now. Um, but it's something that I'm actively exploring. We do want to, we do want to release exotics. Um, but they're going to have to meet our, our requirements in order for us to use them. Any special requests? I'm always one for Cayman. Cayman or alligator or something like that. Like that would look great. Um, but then I, I feel like snakeskin is right up your alley too it might be yeah we got a lot of rattlers out here <laughs> no doubt and i know florida needs help with some of those pythons so yeah right <laughs> <laughs> we can put them to good use with jesus there you go awesome thank you so much will for spending this time with me um i am so looking forward to continue to watch jesus over the years um your attention to detail and the quality here is is great and i i get excited because you and kate are so excited about chiso's boots too and just the just the attention to de detail here what's not to get excited about so thanks for spending this time with me today well you're gonna you're gonna make me blush but this has been this has been a lot of fun and i appreciate it. i'm glad that there's good folks like you out there spreading the word